0: Coming at you with another favorite episode of the Into Greatness podcast with Jason and Jolene. I'm Jason. She's Jolene right there. Actually, because we're doing a video of this at this particular moment of the opening. So, yeah. How's that work for you?
1: Yeah. You can see me now. You can't see me, but now you guys can see me, right?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. One day we're going to do a video.
1: <laughs> we say that. We say that. We it's keep just saying one day.
0: Figuring out how.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, like the broken promises from your boyfriend, ladies. One day.
0: One day. You know what we could do? Honestly, because my buddy, this is off topic, but my buddy Sean and I, for 11 years, did a pop culture show.
1: Yeah. He's our music guy. He's
0: our music guy. Yeah, Sean okay. Hildenberg did the music. We would just go Facebook Live
1: or yeah. Instagram Live. Yeah. Just do it that way. So that's
0: an easy way to do it. Should
1: we do that?
0: <laughs> Let us know in the comments. And uh, if you think we should, we shall.
1: We shall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Austin Powers moment. Allow myself <laughs> to introduce myself.
1: myself.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Okay. <laughs> we just stopped that video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and Jason heard in the nostalgia episode that I love Austin Powers. So there you go, right? Well, well-timed. Well-played, well yes. well-played. Uh,
0: this week, we're talking lifelong learning, the importance of.
1: Yeah. And I think it's no surprise, Jason and I are both lifelong students. We are students of life. I never intend to stop learning, whether it's formal education, informal education, learning about myself, learning about the world around me. I want to keep fresh. I love knowledge. And the more, again, right, the more we learn, the more we know what we didn't know. Remember when we were
0: kids and there was like, um, the more you know, things would come on Saturday morning cartoons.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I remember it. (laughs) I
0: know, right? It's like, G.I. Joe would have that and it'd be like, and knowing is half the battle. Anyways.
1: um,
0: So yeah, and it's true. And it's funny because I'm someone, I've mentioned this a lot. I hate school, but Mm. I like learning things. Yeah. But I don't learn from sitting and having someone talk to me. I learn by doing. Yeah. Right? And so that is the best way for me to learn. And one of the best ways for me to pick up information is via a book. Mm. Right? And I'm not just talking like reading like nonfiction books, although I love those, right? Or self-help books, which I also enjoy. But if you can find a well-written book, you can learn a lot about the human condition, even if it's a work of fiction.
1: Yeah. Even
0: Stephen King can teach you something about being a person.
1: I loved his books growing up. It's funny, I did a lot of fiction growing up. Like I loved Fear Street, um, like as a younger kid, Goosebumps, then Fear Street, Street, then Stephen King. And I went on like a big reading kick with a lot of their stuff. But then once I joined formal education system, like post-secondary... All my reading was it was it was so reading heavy journal articles after journal articles after textbooks. And I remember the entire time I was in my university career, which was like, I don't know, five years and five, like 10 years in total at that point. I never did any reading for pleasure. It was always, so reading got like ruined for me. I was never, would have never called myself an avid reader, but I did go through phases in childhood. But then once I hit like my university years, like 20 to 30, I never read for pleasure. It was actually the first book I picked up for pleasure, was um Russell Brand's bookie Wookie? oh nice. because I'm not a fiction person I am all nonfiction. I want to learn about people I want it to be real information I can't get lost in the fantasy world which is really weird because I'm a Pisces and I spend most of my life in a fantasy world I think but I don't need a book to take take me there maybe that's it so that helps like anchor me into the knowledge side of things which is my Aquarius cusp right which is all the mind stuff guys and <laughs> Jason's like you weirdo <laughs> so but but it's funny i remember that bookie wookie was uh one of the first ones that i read for pleasure and it took me a while i read half of it and then i swear it was like six months later when i was on uh, my honeymoon over in europe and i read the rest and that was well-timed because i was actually in piccadilly circus in london and like reading about Russell Brand running naked through their high on whatever, right? So it was really fascinating. And then looking again, his journey and where he's at now, oh, like yeah. cool to see the before and after sort of thing, right? But for me, um, I think that we've socialized. And we've, we've socially conditioned what learning should look like. And I love that teachers are undoing that. Like I look in my kids' classrooms and they've got different s- seats. They can pick a different chair to sit on every day if their teacher is like um, appealing to all of the sensory issues and neurodivergent kind of scenarios and stuff. Pick whatever chair you want. Do you want this bouncy one? Do you want this rocking chair? Do you want a normal chair? Things like that. Um, and I think that instead of it just being lecture and word based, they are expanding and doing more hands-on and integrated learning styles, right? I think we are required to offer the whole smorgasbord of learning. Whereas when we were growing up, Jason, it was one way or the highway. That's it.
0: Yeah. That was, it was very much the old school Oxford yeah. way, right? Someone talking, you listen, take notes.
1: Yeah. So for me, I was conditioned into thinking the only way I would, and again, what is the value of knowledge, value of education? It is my forty to $50,000 of um, picture frames on my wall in my office two yep. picture frames that cost me probably about 50 grand, right? Um, and that was back then. Now I can't even imagine what that would cost, oh, right? Yeah. So when I look at what like valued education is, and that's not even all the trainings I took on top of those. Those are just both of my degrees, right? Um. But I look and I'm like, man, it's so wild. I actually love when they're like, I think Jordan Peterson's trying to, did you see what him and his daughter are trying to do? They're trying no. to make accessible university um, education where people pay very minimal to get the same education you get get any university because he just believes everyone should be educated. And awesome. and I've always felt that way, especially as a social worker. I really um I get that we need to be a regulated profession, but then I think about all of this money we pay into this regulated system and we are um you know what we're doing to 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 regulate education, like there's so many things that kind of go counter to it. And then we we want, you know, equity and things like that. Yet we're saying if you have $20,000, you can get this, but you can't or things like that. Like I just it's very conflicting when I look at something that is so necessary in our society is all the knowledge in the world that we can have. And people can only do it if they have money. And that's why we do this podcast, because I don't think people's wellness should be based on the amount of money they have to access that information. So that's why we give this to you guys without having to walk into an office, without having to pay money for it, because I think that's a basic right. You look at uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think education about how to best live our lives and how to navigate the world that we're in, which also means to educate yourself, to get a job, to pay the money, to live the life. Is a basic fucking need.
0: It is. And it's the fact that we have made it... I said, it's a business. We could get into do a whole yeah. episode on how it's been turned into a business to make money and that's it. And that's wrong. Because um, everyone needs a proper education. And I'm, I'm glad too, like with my son's schooling, it's the same with your kids. It's changed so much from when I was in school. And there's some stuff I don't like, but there's a lot of things I do like mm-hmm. about how they've changed it. So why, and why be a lifelong learner? It's because you never actually should stop yeah right you don't suddenly hit grade 12 and it's like well i know everything i'm good um you should always be my our our seafood when i did martial arts would explain it this way like you're a sword you go in the forge we shape you the way you're supposed to be then you come up and we bang you around a little bit and blah 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 Then we put you back in and we remold you and we fix you know what i mean it's it's a constant process because the world is changing so fast right now uh probably a little too fast for most people Mm -hmm. and like you've got to keep up, not in the sense that you should be able to go out and have these big arguments about it, but just to understand what's happening. Especially if you have kids. Yeah. You've got to be aware enough of the world around you so that you can, because they're going to come to you with questions and you've got to be able to at least answer those questions or go like, why don't we sit down and fight, learn it together, right? Yeah. So you should never turn your brain off Picking in more valuable information.
1: Well, and ask yourselves this, you guys, why are you listening to this podcast? It's to learn new information. It's to understand yourself better. It's maybe to understand others better. It's to be able to navigate your life differently, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone's listening to this for validation, for further experience, for, um, you know, new opportunities or trying things differently. So even those are ways of learning, you know. I admit that I'm somebody who very much values formal education. I do think that there's a time and a place for all of that. But then I also value experiential learning and so much wisdom that comes passed down from generations, from people with experiences. And I love the merging of both. So I have, you know, and I think in this uh, day and age, I see a lot of therapists and professionals and famous people doing this where they're using the credentials that they have to justify the other learnings. validate um, or um, give uh, more credibility to it, right? So there's a lot of like, fluffy information out there I'm using quotes hand quotes right now um, that people won't just take from somebody who doesn't have the letters behind their name I keep thinking of Jordan Peterson and because they were saying how I think it was the psychology uh, regulation board that wanted to take him oh, yeah. take him out right and he's like why just because I have these ideas about this or that and they were gonna make him pay for like a second evaluation or things like that so it's really interesting when you have people um you know with very bold ideas whether you agree with them or not but it's around like, how do we um, make those more valuable because of the letters behind their name or something, right? So I'm grateful to be able to kind of juggle that balance between the two. I wonder too, if, you know, your education has helped you in your field, Jason, and, you know, if you are more competitive in the field because of it. And again, that's because of the world we live in and what, what is valued in this world, essentially, in, in many ways, right?
0: It's funny because I did journalism school. And uh, I did, first I got my film degree and all that. And then I went and worked for a while. And then I went back to go to journalism. And I kind of did my first year of journalism school. It was great. I was in it. I was learning, I thought I was learning a lot and everything was fantastic. Then you had, we had to go out and get work for the summer before coming back for the second semester, second year. And I ended up getting a mat leave. So I didn't go back for the second year right away. And I finished my degree part time while we're, as a working journalist because that mat leave turned into a full time. I was the first person basically hired out of journalism school at the Countless Daily News in 50 years.
1: Yeah. And
0: what I learned, well, that summer was that my J school education was a crock of shit yeah. and it was just there to take your money. And I relearned everything on the job.
1: It's true. There's... Right?
0: And, and that was, that to me, and it was one of those, like, I almost didn't go back to get my degree, but there were, even the people at the paper were like, well, if you have that degree, it gives you more weight. Yeah, that's it. But that's it. Like I didn't teach me anything I needed to know. The most important, this is a tangent, important thing for a journalist to do is to interview people. Mm. We spent one class on interviewing.
1: No way. That's and that's one of your strongest skill sets. Like when you you when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, yes, Jason's like, you're easy to talk to. You had interviewed me a couple times prior. And I was like that. Yes, that's so your strength
0: learned that on the job. Completely.
1: Wow. Yeah. And you know, I tell people that too, especially when they're like, I want to be a counselor. I wanted this. I wanted that. And I said, well, look at the stream and, and kind of where you want to go. But essentially, like that'll get you the degree. The degree will get you the job, but it's all the training you take after that will help you fulfill the role and the tasks. And I look at the job I do right now and it was not my degree that got me that. It was the 13 years I had in government work. But Primarily for the job I'm doing right now in in private therapy, it was my EMDR training. It was all of my other training that I took on the side that really gave me more of that skill set specific to the job I am in now. Because everything's such a generalist kind of degree, right? Unless, I suppose, unless you're a nurse or a doctor, I do think the sciences are very, they're way more specific in what you're applying. So actually, I take that back. I think what Jason and I talk about on the art stream of thing, it's so general and vague.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend being a doctor and just kind of trying to wing
1: it. Totally. You, you video, but, right? <laughs> right? But there's so many people that are like in the army and they learn these things on the fly. Or, yep. you know, there's people I know, like um, farmers or hunters, they have so much transferable skills, right? Like I knew somebody who was like, I just knew all of the anatomy of things because I was a hunter and I knew where everything was. So I just applied that to my anatomy in, you know, whatever medical school that they were doing and things like that, right? So that's kind of fascinating too. When you look at your real life, Experience and how you can inter- integrate that, right? <laughs> well, it was Plug. funny
0: because when I lost the job at the paper and the paper shut, I went into employment counseling, which was a heavy social work component. And the, the actual application for job development said it would prefer someone with a business degree or a social work degree. I had neither, but I went and applied for the job and yeah. I went to the interview and I aced it. Because everything I did as a journalist was understanding human behavior. Yes. Right? Like, you know, knowing how to talk to people and interview people and understanding how bi- people ran their businesses. Because you just, you just through trial and error and, and 10 years doing anything like that, you're going to learn a bunch of shit you can do somewhere else.
1: Yes. Yeah. I know. Because that's such a random job for you to have had, but you had a really great skill set for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because that's, you know, when we think about being a lifelong learner, I like learning about life, but I fucking love learning about people. Like, I want to know their stories when they have specialties. I want to know more about that. Like, I will ask questions about people's jobs, about like, oh, you grew up here. What was that like? Do you this? What does that look like? And what was your favorite this? Like, I love learning about people. I just think our stories are so valuable and we have so much to teach others about what we've navigated. Like, we can learn so much from others and it's that whole piece of like passing down information, whether it be between generations, you know, across different cultural kind of experiences. Um, That's why I love the opportunity, you know, even on social media, meeting people from all over now, right? I've loved the idea of um, if you can't travel and I haven't quite jumped into this. I did try and get some hockey billets, Um, Because I thought that might be a a good kind of step in, but I would love to take like an international student or something. If I can't help my kids travel internationally, I would love to bring that experience into our home. Things like that, right? There's so much to be learned. And actually, just today, my uh my son's class has been studying greek mythology so they were having their greek feast today and i had delivered the food to them and stuff and it was so fascinating to see them like they all got to dress up and they got to you know um you would you would be proud of my boy he was hades he chose to be hades that's who he (laughs) studies and i was like marsh why did you pick hades and he's like because i have an interest in death and i was like you come by it honestly (laughs) <laughs> it's all good. It's all right? good. Great. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like the hands-on learning all those things and being able to like just keep bringing those experiences. So there's a lot of people who are self-taught through traveling nowadays, right? Like there's a whole generation that's all about experiences and not materialistic um uh, acquired things, right?
0: And it's amazing even though I I don't really like the medium, YouTube can be valuable. For learning new things, if you find the right person.
1: I learned how to caulk or, my bathtub on YouTube well, yeah. years you, you ago, right? anything yeah. on there, right? Winterize my boat. Yeah, yeah, I checked that out. Right? And that's, that
0: is a good learning tool for certain things. Like when I started to use this new editing program, I found how they, the guy on YouTube, did it. So it's, it's a good, valuable thing. I think you just have to be, like anything on social media or even back when blogging was big, you got to be really careful about, like you got to do your research yeah, first, right? Um, to learn from just the average Joe. Like I, one guy I really like... Um, Bjorn Andres Bull Hansen, he's a Norwegian writer and he has a YouTube channel and talks a lot about like mental health and men's issues and outdoorsmanship and all that. But he's talking about how we've some for some reason we've come to celebrate um, the anti-intellectual, I think was the phrase. He yeah, used. Like, basically people doing dumb shit and we're celebrating that. And he's like he he thinks it's a mistake because you should never discount the person who did the work and did the schooling and has the books and that way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really interesting for someone who's a YouTuber to actually say like, no, don't yeah. just count, take all of us on here as this gospel. Like you should also talk, look at the people who are the experts.
1: Yeah. The people
0: like a Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for Jordan Peterson. I don't always agree with him.
1: Yeah. I but agree. Yeah. I, I
0: think I respect how ballsy he is for having yes. ideas and just saying them and not caring what the establishment says.
1: Yeah, and he makes that very clear. He's like, you will never please everybody. You're always going to piss somebody off and really please someone else. And the same with like book writing. You know, I remember I took like a a book writing kind of brief course and stuff. And it was like, you are never going to, appeal to everyone and you don't want to you want some people to hate you and some people to love you because that that is just the reality right yeah but you know and I would say that's a part of me that that also says I really value formal education I value like getting it in that formalized way as much as I dith- disagree with the you know the way we have to do it and the way it costs money and we institutionalize everything I do very equally hold value for both because I wouldn't have been able to do what I could do without that. Um, And I I, I do recognize that. I also recognize it didn't offer me everything I needed to be doing the work that I'm doing right now. So it's a good foundational piece as well. Right. Um, So, yeah, I do. I do see that. I also, you know, um, I've seen that go really sideways, too, for people. So I worked with um, when I was at mental health. I worked with um, a woman who came from another country, and she was a very well-respected doctor there, and then here was not recognized with the same credentials, and actually had to go back and do like basic nursing school, and then even upgrade from there to get any kind of... Like, not even equitable treatment at all. So I see that uh, happen to a lot of people that come from out of country, and I get that we try and standardize, and that education doesn't look the same across the world, but... Um, it's very uncomfortable. Doctor. Wow. <laughs> and, and again, <laughs> this, and again, like looking at like how that really changed, uh, even belief systems for herself, how she felt about herself. Yeah. Like, you know, she said, and I, not everybody would agree with this, but like, I had servants back home, Jolene, like, and I am so disrespected here, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, is humbling to witness that happen to people. And again, we're talking white privilege here in our country. Huge. Right? I, yeah,
0: same. I, I worked with someone who was a vocational counselor. But back home, she was a doctor. Fuck,
1: right? And she had to
0: do the whole process oh, yeah. all over yeah. again. And, it's just, and that's where it is asinine. Like, mm-hmm. it really is stupid how yeah. we've set this system up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And I like I, we see that happen lots. The other thing, you know, when we talk about money and access to education and things like that, there are some countries that don't do it that way. And post-secondary education is mm-hmm. free. Where? Sweden? Finland? Yeah. Norway?
0: Yep. And like, I think, all those... I think Germany, you end up paying, but they actually... For the first so many years, like basically elementary school, you kind of do whatever. But by then they've looked at how you've done and they just decide. You're either going to go a trade route or an academic route. You don't have a choice. Wow. It's like when you hit grade eight, I think. You decide. You don't decide. They decide. Oh, they do. Yeah. You're way more suited. for. But they look. They study your learning and how well you've done. You're a more hands-on practical learner. This route.
1: Oh, interesting. much better at the
0: books. This route. Which I think is interesting. It probably saves you a lot of time, money, and pain
1: yeah but when we look at like life purpose and alignment and stuff i wonder how many of those actually really align with where the person is but i mean how many of us when we're choosing what we want to be later like when you were a young kid what was like your classic what do you want to be when you grow up mine was a hairdresser guys
0: i wanted to be batman
1: Uh, I was even in
0: my yearbook. It says grad, most likely to become Batman. You
1: just wanted a butler or a Robin? Come on, not a Robin. I just want all the cool
0: toys and to wear the costume and freak people out in alleyways, right?
1: Yeah, well, now you, you kind of do. You show Come up on. with this big briefcase full of like a whole bunch of
0: ghost hunting toys. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> so I got my utility
0: belt. It's all good. Pete's not really my Robin, but whatever. Anyway, yeah, I
1: mean, could be. Pete? Pete, if you're listening, will you put on a cape, <laughs> cape no. and some
0: tights? <laughs> he probably would not. Uh, but no, but otherwise like, law enforcement was something I really wanted
1: okay. to, to Yeah. Well, I mean, close enough to Batman, yeah, right? Yeah, close enough yeah, to Batman. Like, yeah. but not businessman by day kind of thing, right? No. With a butler. Um, yeah, mine, mine was a hairdresser. That's all I wanted to do, which I very much, you know, entertain that part of my life anyways. But yeah, it's interesting. But I will never forget what changed my mind from that. And again, this is where we are like influenced into learning and things like that. And somebody recognizing your strengths, I guess. Mm-hmm. My mom said to me, and you didn't ruin me by doing this, mom. You encouraged me to think bigger. Uh, she said, don't waste your brains. Yeah. And it's true, right? I mean, um, I might be making more money as a hairdresser. Let's be real, right? And hairdressers are pretty close to counselors because, I mean, you touch somebody's head, they're spilling their life to you. Um Yeah, right? And, I mean, I could satisfy that. Uh, desire and need as much as I wanted on the side and then still pursue something that is very much more aligned for me as my life has unfolded. As you all know, go back to episode three and learn how it has unfolded if you haven't listened to that already. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But yeah, we are kind of conditioned into some of these these choices. Don't waste your brains.
0: Don't waste your brain. And I, I got that when I was a cook. I thought of pursuing mm-hmm. a cook and just sticking with it. And yeah. the people who I worked with in the kitchen, was like, you're too smart. So, will like, go do so, something
1: else. And, you know, when we think about, like, what are new ways we can learn? What are new ways we can introduce, um, you know, new knowledge in our lives? If you don't want to go and formally um, update your academia or, like, job training and things like that, like, how do you personally keep advancing yourself? Jason has a whole bunch of sticky notes. Very neatly written, Jason. And get- very... They are like measured out and spaced on the wall, you guys. (laughs) that's, that's how I it's work. so
0: impressive it's my architect brain right? it's, it's so impressive yeah. yeah
1: yeah i like i appreciate that so much anyways lists of all these books that he's read um and i'm not a big reader but it is something i intentionally do and everyone knows that like my day timer is kind of my big vision board and i have everything on it i actually have a page in there that says like books read this year and i have a goal of one or two books um uh, a month that i will read and that's a big stretch for me and i like i said i'm very much a non-fiction kind of person one of the best fiction books i read recently was the um where the crawdads oh yeah they made a movie out of that oh the book was incredible and i actually listened to it on audible and i'm glad because they used language like just like that southern drawl and things like that to kind of accent it but i actually give books to some of my clients who are newly on a journey and i want it to be entertaining for them because i don't want them to feel like they're studying to like learn more about themselves and i think matthew mcconaughey's green lights is a brilliant book for that so actually one of my um one of the folks I just lent it to gave it back to me and he said and I like to give it to guys um but he said he's like this the first book I've read like maybe in a decade finished start to finish and then his wife had reached out and said that he got like another book for Christmas and has started reading so she's like you've got him on something so sometimes there's a lot of really good like autobiographies that you're entertained especially around like I think like Corey Hirsch had one you know like different you know different if you know like maybe an athlete or a star has had a certain struggle they're going to write a book about it. That's a really great way to start gaining insight into the perception of things and understanding. And then usually when we can hear someone else's story, and I have the luxury of doing this in my work all the time, when we hear somebody else's story, it's so much easier for us to see some of those things in the mirror, right? Um, It's just easier to see it in other people than it is ourselves sometimes, right? So we can do that through autobiographies and even fiction books, right? I mean, they're all based or fiction is fake, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, They're all based on real life Like even if it's a science fiction book, right? right? Yeah, totally. In
0: fact, genres like sci-fi and horror. Can do a really good job of reflecting the, the time that they're written, societal wise. Yeah, right? uh, they just do it in a way that's easy to digest because it's presented with you totally. know space or monsters. Yeah,
1: what were um, one of my bigger, biggest changing books was given to me by uh, one of my colleagues who was actually one of my master's students at the time, and it was a game changer at that stage of my life. But it was Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Okay, that was a big one at the beginning of my journey. It was a huge catalyst to like pew, propel me forward. That was a beautiful one. How about you? What are some inspirational books or ones that have made a difference.
0: I like reading uh, Ryan holiday's book. He's yeah. a daily stoic. He was okay. written a bunch. His most recent one was discipline is destiny. And it's, he gets picks a theme, the stoic themes, but then he tells stories like using like, like athletes or historical figures to kind of get the points across. So you learn a lot. Like he had, in that book, he wrote it before the queen died, but there's a whole chapter about her and what she was like and how her discipline helped her in life. So his, I love his stuff. Cause it's all like that, whether it's like on stillness, the risks of ego, Courage, discipline, they're all great. Cool. But then as like a, from a fiction perspective, I mean, bad. like there's a Canadian writer named Nick Cutter and he, it's a pen name. He has a different, goes by a different name when he writes his like more artsy highbrow stuff. Mm-hmm. But as Nick Cutter, he writes horror and it is some of the most effed up stuff you'll read. But he really, the second book, The Deep is all about, like it's an underwater horror thing, but the main character's son disappeared. And never found them. It's as much about being a father and loss and grief, and then how the horror in the book plays on that. Oh. So you learn, to learn a oh, lot, yeah. right? And so sure. I like books that do that, that have like the fun stuff I like, but then it has something a little deeper. Like there's a new series out, you should watch this, Julian, You're not a TV person. No, I'm not. On Apple TV called Shrinking. Okay. And it's about a counselor oh, who right it often works with grief. It's got um, Jason Segel and Harrison Ford. Okay. In it. Um, and so Jason Segal's character is a counselor who's lost his wife a year ago in a car accident, and he hasn't been functioning. And then one day, we'll listen to his plethora of clients go on and on and not change their lives. He loses it. And he, tells, he says, this is what you need to do. Leave your husband, go. And it sets off this chain reaction. And it's so good. And it's the only show I've seen where it's like one minute I'm nearly peeing myself. I'm laughing so hard. Like Harrison Ford steals every scene he's in. Yeah. And then like one minute later, you're almost brought to tears by something. Like wow. Like it's so good. Oh,
1: okay. So it's not shrinking. Shrinking. It's not so much
0: uh, reading, but it's, you'll learn, I learned something while yeah, yeah. Apparently
1: Jonah Hill, is that one of, is that who I'm talking about? No. He's an actor. Yeah. 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 with Eddie Murphy. Uh, yeah. I just. Called you people. Okay. Yeah. I saw that. Um. Uh, no, he actually has one with his real life therapist. Oh, really? Yeah, there's. I, I feel like there's one I saw like a little ad about, and it is his story of going to therapy, and he made a movie out of it. Oh, wow! And, so a few people sent it to me actually a couple months ago. They were like, "This is really good. You should check this out." And I think Ryan Holiday. 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 Yeah. Holiday. His um, books. I think they were like a Costco special at some point at Christmas or something, because there was a lot of people that had like a three book trilogy yep. kind of thing they were rolling through. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Like, where do you get influenced by books? Sometimes it's literally by just having easy access to them on your shopping trip or things like that. I know there's a lot of, women who have been and I've read a couple of her books um Colleen Hoover so hers are um because I am trying to read some more fiction ones just to lighten my mind because I'm just so mind heavy sometimes right um and yeah they there's a very much like this real life component you know this woman in this one was in an abusive relationship and it's not so cut and dry as to like well why didn't you leave him the first time he hit you right and it's very impactful and validating to a lot of women who have stayed in you know emotionally abusive relationships and the real reason why you can kind of stay for longer because there is hope and there is you know promises and things like that right so i think that there's a lot of women who have identified with just stories like that right oh, yeah. um yeah so that was kind of a popular uh author that I see thrown out their lots but you know I, I love like I've, I've seen a lot of women who have like book clubs and it's a way to socialize but it's also a way to like physically get a book and sit and not grab your phone to mm-hmm. have all of that and you know we talked about this I think in the meditation episode that you know reading is like a form of meditation you do it before bed a lot of these like 15 miracle morning minute things (laughs) you know know that people do it's like read 10 pages do 10 minutes of meditation or something like that right um you know do your affirmations or your gratitudes and things like that but yeah our eyes you know from an emdr perspective our eyes are moving back and forth you're getting left to right yeah bilateral yeah bilateral stimulation so the way that you're allowing your brain to reprocess and organize during those times is really valuable as well right Um, i love
0: it i love reading i can read i usually read when i'm kind of done my work day and then i read at
1: night generally before going to bed most nights yeah and for bit. for me i have to discipline myself to do that yeah. right yeah the alchemist was a really good one as well I really liked that one so it's a very kind of spiritually based book in terms of the concepts and ideas but it uses um like a fictional story to tell the story of the journey this man makes through life yeah it was a really good one you'd probably really like that one sounds Jason sounds familiar yeah, yeah it's it's older for sure but yeah I try and think back to like books that I have like reread at different times I'm thinking Tuesdays with Maury was one that I read many years ago about a teacher and it's a kind of a grief journey and the valuable things in life that we you know yeah so we would love to hear ways that you guys have enhanced kind of your um your knowledge base what you do to keep learning and i mean this also happens in terms of like what are you learning fitness wise? What are you learning? And then I do like Instagram for these these quick ways we can learn stuff when we're first interested. It gets, our, it gets us sparked. We have quick bouts of information. You know, it was funny. You said you read when you want to learn about something, you go and read about it. Mm-hmm. I can't say I'm patient enough to read a book about it. I will probably grab four or five different sources and quickly smash them together in my brain and then dive deeper into the one that like captured me the most. So sometimes I'll watch a video, I'll read some clips, I'll look at maybe some written stuff. But for me to go start to finish on a book, I feel like I could be wasting time and possibly, <laughs> possibly not getting the info I wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: it's, a, it's a, it's a bit of reading is a bit of a skill set. It is to it. Right? Yeah. To do it and kind of, and I had to learn as a journalist it, it, take information in quickly. So I yeah. can just read and you kind of just know oh, this is where they're getting to the point of it and then slow down. Yes. And go through, right? So it's a it's a process. It's a but it's a I think it's like a muscle. Any muscle. The more you do it, yep. the stronger you get at
1: it. Yeah. I discipline myself to read you do it for pleasure. Yep. Yep. Totally. All right, folks.
0: That was your new favorite episode of the End of Greatness
1: Podcast. We hope you guys learned a lot. Are you <laughs> learning stuff through this podcast? We have how many, like well over 30 episodes now. I think now? Yeah. 35? It's wild. So that's what we're doing. We're cramming a bunch of knowledge into your ear holes.
0: That's right. <laughs> Let us know what you've learned in the comments. We're back next week with your next favorite episode. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk soon. Mm-hmm.